0: There's just so much opportunity, right? And I just tell people right now, like if you don't know where to go in right now, go into the career field that A, is extremely hot and B, compared to crypto or NFT, at least has sustaining power. 15, 20 years from now, I'm not so sure if we're still talking about crypto or NFT, but cybersecurity will still be around and will be a thing. This podcast is brought to you by MerckSec, the specialists in security, search and recruitment solutions. Visit MerckSec.com to connect today. Welcome to Destination Cyber, the podcast where we sit down with cyber industry leaders and movers and shakers and find out what makes them tick. We explore their careers, the mistakes they made, trials and tribulations, lessons learnt, and the invaluable insights and knowledge they've picked up along the way. Now here's your host, Lachlan Korn.
1: As founder and chief strategist at Cyber SC, Dominic Vogel holds a proven track record within cybersecurity across multitude of industries, including financial services, logistics, transportation, healthcare, government, telecommunications, and critical infrastructure. Dominic is a well-respected cybersecurity thought leader for appearing on media news outlets across North America and internationally on BBC World News. Dominic also hosts the Cybersecurity Matters Podcasts, a highly regarded podcast that explores the intersection between cybersecurity and business. I am your host, Lachlan Korn, and this is Destination Cyber. Hello, Dominic. How are you going today? I'm doing fantastic,
0: Lachlan. It's nice to spend some time with you.
1: Very nice to spend time with you too. I obviously have a range of experiences that we could Go through today
0: yeah you bet lachlan yeah so i mean you know, I'm, I'm based in vancouver canada and you know cyber sc we have clients right across north america and you know, we we focus on small and mid-sized organizations You know, what i, what I often refer to as the lifeblood of, of the economy here and you know arguably critical infrastructure you know in terms of how many people work within the small and mid-sized organizations and you know, these are smaller or, uh, manufacturing companies accounting firms a lot of professional service organizations we do work with we do I work with public sectors as well, so smaller municipalities and towns, and gosh, so many of them just still struggle with basic whatever for this basic cybersecurity maturity. You know, they're they they're very immature with process and technology, and you know, we're really trying to just focus on organizations, you know, trying to improve their cybersecurity posture, going from basically nothing to something more meaningful, where at least they're not being taken down by run of the mill attacks.
1: Mm. And how does your how do you personally improve this? Is this based on like a Technological hardware side, or is it based on the software side, or is it based on more advice on what they should be investing in? Like, how, how does that work?
0: Yeah, that's a great question, Lockley. You know, we, we really come in what I refer to it from the culture and strategy perspective, right? So, you know, a lot of these organizations have very little in place when it comes to maturity. So, one of my favorite frameworks to use is actually the CIS, so the Center for Information Security, Security Controls. I find it to be a really great pragmatic approach for doing security with smaller organizations. It lays out great security controls without being overly cumbersome, but still you know, achieves risk reduction while still being practical. So our practitioners, our, our virtual chief information security officers will use that as their sort of measuring stick for identifying the maturity journey for our clients. And then we really f- identify and focus on not so much the things that they're not doing because you know, as I mentioned earlier, these organizations are often doing very little when it comes to cybersecurity. So pointing out what's wrong isn't really not very difficult what's the what's hard and sort of what I refer to as our as our, our pragmatic approach is identifying, you know, for that your average 50-person organization, when they bring us in, we're going to say, okay, based on your risk profile, based on where you need to go, here's what we feel are the most important risk reduction controls that you need to focus on, right? So it takes a much more tailored approach rather than just sort of a a, a generic approach of, well, you know, buy CrowdStrike or <laughs> buy, buy, buy a new Palo Alto or, or what have you, right? So we really try to take a very Pragmatic, risk-based approach from from a perspective, like I said, especially using the CIS lens.
1: Mm, okay, that's a very interesting way to approach it. I mean, how did you get into this this career profession and this pathway? Was was it at a very young age that you got into it, or was it more later in life when you had certain experiences? I mean, can you run me through a bit about that?
0: yeah i always appreciate being able to share my origin story lachlan you know when i when i was starting university and my, i do have a degree in computer science i was trying to figure out what it was that i found interesting and you know the career main career path for me at that time was you know be a developer and i i really i really hate coding you know and i, I still do <laughs> i'm just maybe i'm just not good at it. but i my dad was a computer science high school teacher at the time and before he retired and you know he brought him this huge stack of computer magazines, he's like, there must be something in here that you find interesting. <laughs> right? So I started pouring through it all and I found this magazine. It's called Information Security Magazine. And I thought, what the hell is information security? And I read it cover to cover and I found it fascinating. It was this intersection and blend of technology, risk, people. I mean, I thought, wow, this is really, really interesting. It's not just zeros and ones like with with coding kind of thing. I thought, well, this is interesting. I want to learn more about this. So I did a lot of self-learning, right? the term information security, cybersecurity was not uttered once during my degree, you know, and that was close to, you know, over 15 years ago, close to 20 years ago. And it was like, and I thought, well, I'm going to learn about this myself, right? So I ended up being very lucky. I started my career as a junior security analyst and I worked various corporate roles and I worked my way up to being in charge of cybersecurity at a fairly large credit union here in Vancouver. And one day I thought, wow, I worked so hard I got here. Why am I so damn miserable? (laughs) And then that that was about eight years ago. When actually eight years ago, this past August, when I decided to become an entrepreneur, and that's when I formed Cyber SC, and I've been working on that ever since. And I, you know, I've I've done a lot of work. I'd like to say I've done work for some of the largest organizations here in North America. But now I choose to work with the the very small, and uh, security is very different in all shapes and sizes at the different organizations. But I'm enjoying that journey, and as an entrepreneur, it's allowed me to venture into things like podcasting and and other ventures as well. So that's sort of a very high level of my journey today. Mm,
1: No, it's an amazing journey. It's a very diverse range. I mean, you have a lot of people obviously who who see or hear something about cyber and they think, okay, coding, programming and if it makes you feel any better, I, I, I couldn't know the first thing there is to know about programming. So it's just, it's just nice to hear different perspectives and different sides of this very, very diverse, broad industry. So when you were talking about, you know, learning a bit about that info security and after sort of having a bit of a introduction to something that may be of interest to you, were you already currently conducted within a Bachelor of Computer Science or did that inspire you to do a Bachelor of Computer Science in that, in that revelation?
0: yeah no I, I i had always been inspired to pursue computer science my my, my dad as i mentioned you know, he was a, a, a long time computer science high school teacher and you know i i've always i was always enamored with technology early on and it's not like technology today i mean my, my kids are better using the ipad than i am but i i was one of the earlier waves of you know born in the, in the in the mid 80s kind of thing and you know so i i grew up with a lot of newer technology and you know my I just found it fascinating, so I knew I wanted to do something with technology and computers, but I wasn't sure what. Right, but like I said, security just came out of nowhere, and it, I'm been very blessed that way. You know, it's it's all I've really known is in my profession, and I, and I really do love it. It's a, it's a field I'm very very fortunate to have gotten into.
1: Mm. And how did you get that first job outside of finishing your degree? Was there a bit of concerns, or was there a bit of not sort of undecided about how to get into where you wanted to go, or even? where specifically in this in expanding field, where the right call for you was, or was it more about taking on certain experiences, opportunities at your hands? I mean, how, how did you get into that, get your foot into
0: the door, so to say? Yeah, I appreciate you asking that. And it's a story I like sharing because when I started, her, I, I, I tried desperately to get into the field. And it's something that I still see as a problem today where you know, there's people who are very passionate about getting into the field, but, you know, they, they go months, you know, sometimes six, seven, eight, nine months, you know, without getting an opportunity. You know, and I remember back when I started, there were even fewer opportunities back then and you know I went I would go to all these interviews and no one was willing to hire me. You know, there's a lot of gatekeeping like there is today. A lot of people saying, Well, you know, we we want you to have you know, this is an entry level role, but you need to have five years experience and you know, so it was really hard and I I almost gave up at a certain point. You know, I was probably about six months after graduating, I still didn't have a job and I went to an interview and, you know, the uh, the manager was pretty Clear with me," he said. "You know what? You don't have the the skills I'm looking for. I'm actually wanting someone more experienced. But you're the most passionate person we've interviewed thus far, and you absolutely love this field. And he said, was I'm going to pay you, you know, peanuts, but I would love for you to be on my team.' And that's all it took was one person to, to believe in me, and now I, I I have this career, you know. And it's something which, looking back, and something why I'm so passionate about mentoring and helping people in the field is that you know, if that one person didn't believe in me, I I'd be doing something else, you know. God forbid, maybe I'd be a lawyer. I don't know, but uh, you know, it's a, who know, who knows? Who what, knows uh, what what path I'd be have gone down?
1: No, for sure, for sure, definitely. And I guess this is why it's so really good to get you in and have your opinion share with us today, especially in a podcast that tries to help young adults try navigate their way through whether that's people not knowing much about cybersecurity and needing to learn a bit more, or how they perhaps would explore different opportunities and create pathways. So. Um, with your with your first job what what did that actually entail what kind of entry requirements were you think necessary for you to then progress further
0: yeah you know I, I mean the, the the role itself was a was basically a junior security analyst right I, w- I was um, working with a lot of the security platforms that they had so at the time it was you know McAfee endpoint and, you know managing all the endpoints for it was a global company and you know, doing some firewall administrator tasks that type of thing you know and. Um, it, it got me some really great exposure in terms of the different types of platforms and tools that were out there, having never used them before, you know, but the things that really helped me uh, and the things that I always tell people who are trying to enter the field, I was saying, you know what, don't get too caught up on certifications or whether you use particular tools or technologies. The thing that helped me the most, and the thing that I always tell people who are entering the field demonstrate an aptitude for learning right have that thirst where you're capable of learning unlearning and learning again that that type of adaptable thinking and ability to learn on the fly and be an agile thinker the technology changes so fast in the security field just because you're in palo today palo could be you know sh- shot down to obscurity within you know 5 to 10 years who knows right If not sooner but it, it it's the technology changes so fast and it's like you know what knowing a particular platform isn't really that all that relevant it's the ability to learn something having that thirst and desire to do that to me is always the number one thing i I believe in in, with people today trying to enter the field have that passion have that hunger right be someone who just loves learning unlearning and learning again that to me is the is one of the keys to, to unlocking your growth and where did you get these
1: kind of when you're talking about the idea of passion learning and the hunger for it what 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 tools were used and best enabled you to learn and find out new things? I mean, of course, we have the internet, but there's a lot of different ways people like to, to find out. And of course, it's about finding things that are engaging, that provide information in a, in a way that it's almost as entertaining as it is to learn. Because the last thing you'd, of course, want to do is you know read through a 30-page, 40-page academic article, trying to understand the newest kind of stuff, you know? And even some websites don't even portray the information in an engaging ways. Is there anything that you would recommend would enable people who may either not know much about the cybersecurity industry to begin with or may do, but not entirely sure how they could expand their own knowledge, how they would go about starting to learn these different these different attributes?
0: Yeah. You know, and, and I look at today and I look at where when I started my career, you know, 15 plus years ago, there's so many great resources right now. And back when I, when I was doing it, it was basically, you know, finding, you know, we, Interesting blogs or uh, things, you know, there, there wasn't much out there. But right now, like there's there's podcasts. There's no shortage of just amazing podcasts of focusing on cybersecurity, right? heck even YouTube. If you just type in cybersecurity videos or you know, looking up a particular tool, maybe you want to learn. Even just on YouTube, there's 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 amazing stuff. But online courses, like through Udemy or LinkedIn Learning, there's just no shortage. Or uh, Coursera, there's so so much learning that can be done. And again, it doesn't have to be textbook heavy. It doesn't have to be certifications. Right, there's a lot of great, engaging people on there. Heck, even platforms like LinkedIn, right, where people who are who are posting, you know, people who from the security field who who post, you know, security content, and not to plug us, but even like Cyber SC as an example, we believe in putting out great free security content for for people to learn. Same thing with like, going back to how I connected with, you know, like Breen in, in Australia, right? She shares amazing security content as well. Right, there's so many great people just across the world. There's not to be p- people in your own backyard. Right, the internet and all these platforms have allowed us to learn from all sorts of amazing security leaders across the globe. So I'd say there's no; those are just a smattering of 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 options or 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 things to learn from from the field. Now there's no short of inspiration. Let's put it that way.
1: Mm, Definitely, definitely, and of course, you yourself have your own podcast, so that's always something for people to also jump on to to listen about all the different side of things. Sort of switching gears a little bit, I want to talk a bit more about um what you currently do. Um, can you give me a bit of a a description about what aspects you love most about
0: your, your main job and then what aspects you find most challenging? Yeah, that's a great question, Lockley. You know, th- there's, there's sort of t- two areas where I, I focus on, on. So like one is CyberSC and our advisory company, you know, and working with small businesses. You know, I'd say the main challenge and hurdle we still face is that so many of these organizations only look at security through the lens of they do it when they need to or when they absolutely have to, very few are doing it proactively. It's after what I refer to as the heart attack moment, right? It's after a breach, after they get denied cyber insurance, after one of their big customers says, hey, you know what? You need to f- fulfill these security requirements where we're pulling our contract. It's, these, it's always reactive, right? So I'd love, to see, I'd love to see that change to be more proactive and for them to see it less as an IT issue and more of a business risk. So I'd say that, that's sort of the, the, the biggest hurdle that I, I still deal with on a daily basis.
1: Okay, and does your job generally involve more personal relations and connections, or is it more? Would you say behind behind the back curtains, kind of doing more operational side, or is it a mixture of all these different aspects? I mean, you
0: know, I, I really believe in taking a relational approach, not just to, to to business but to life as well. And you know, so I'm very relational and and focus on building meaningful friendships and trust. You know, I, I like our clients to see us as trusted advisors, not just a team of security people. But even through, you know, I, you know, I have a, I do coaching as well, you know, not just with individuals, but with very new security programs as well in, in organizations. You know, we're seeing a lot of companies hiring their first security team. I'm a big believer in, in the people side of security and, and, and coaching there, you know, and you have to be very relational to do that, mean right? There's that people side, and I don't mean the awareness side of security, but understanding the people component you know, and how we can be better leaders in the field, and you know. So I mean, I, I, I'm i I'm a big believer, in, like I said that that aspect. You know, there's a lot of people who view security as well. To solve security, we just need the right technology. Te- technology is but one component, <laughs> you know, of, of 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 doing it right kind of thing. You know. So to answer your question, I'd say I'm I'm, I'm very much in the front, you know, with, with with our clients. But I you know, at least for us at CyberSC, I, I rely on my team of VCSOs to do the actual strategic work.
1: Okay, I want to throw you a bit of a left ball question here because you obviously, of course, have really great per- personal relationship skills. If you had your time again, would you be entering the same progression that you have currently experienced? Or do you think that you would have even looked at other, other areas or aspects of either the cybersecurity realm or, or in general? I mean, having, having good communication skills and relationship skills offer a variety of jobs. Why, why did you go down the cybersecurity at the end of the day? Even though you had a sort of a general interest, of course, people sometimes study things and don't necessarily go into those those areas. I mean, would, does something specifically draw you to to mix those um strengths together,
0: or? Yeah, it's a good question, Lockley. You know, and, and honestly, it's, it wasn't until I became an entrepreneur that I really started refining and focusing on my relational skills. You know, much of my life, I've I've been very introverted, I'm not a really warm and fuzzy type of person. You know. Uh, wasn't the what I refer to as the positive troll that I am today, or I just imbuting you know positive energy. I, during my corporate days I was not that type of person. So I'd say it was sort of out of necessity when I became an entrepreneur that I learned the importance of you know, not leading with sales and leading more so with, with relationships and, and friendships and you know sharing you know good energy with, with, with people kind of thing, you know. So I do think if I could go back in time and, you know, uh, refine the, that skill set earlier on in my career. I do believe that I be further. I, I may have followed the same path, but I think I would be fa- farther along my entrepreneurial journey than when, where I am today. That's why I always tell people I really do believe in the value of learning how to network, learning the value of how to be a relational person. And if you're an introverted person by nature, that's okay, right? You don't need to be all you know extroverted. But learning how to form and forge trusting friendships that's a, that's a very important skill. A skill I wish I had, I had better refined earlier on. Mm, I'm trying to
1: rub my head around you being
0: an introvert. You just didn't uh, uh, give
1: me that kind of you just come uh, give me that kind of kind of that vibe. So I mean it's amazing what you've done, obviously. Uh, transformation completely. I guess if this podcast is, of course, helping uh, young adults, as you know. How would you pitch your current sort of entrepreneurial and relationship kind of role in cyber risk and all that? How would you pitch it to a student who doesn't really know whether they should take the leap into a into a cybersecurity role.
0: Yeah, you know, the um the thing I would tell people who are who are um, thinking about taking the leap in, into this role is throw away any preconception you have about this field. You know, a lot of people, you know, when they think of cybersecurity, they think of Hollywood's version of cybersecurity, right? They Or they think, you know, I got to be the, uh, a hacker, I have to be a coder, right? I have to be someone who, you know, lives in my mom's basement wearing a hoodie and, you know, coding all day. It still shocks me when I speak to students how many people have the wrong perception of security or what I refer to as a very narrowly defined conception of security. Yes, there may be, you know, there are hackers in the field and what have you, but the field has grown so, so far. I mean, even in the 15 years I've been at it, it was originally a field of generalists. And now, it, to me, it's what I, I, I equate to being very similar to the field of medicine. Where you ha- yes you do have some generalists, but it's become a heavily specialized field as well. Right, you have all sorts of different areas, application security, you know, stuff on on operational side. Right, you have people who focus on risk or you know the corollary areas like privacy, is an example. Like there's there's you don't there's so much in this field. I mean, even if you just Google, you know, like cybersecurity career roadmaps or. or 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 mind mind map you know it, it it's it, it blows my mind how far the career or the 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 field has has evolved there's just so much opportunity right and i just tell people right now like if you don't know where to go in right now go into the career field at a is extremely hot and b compared to crypto or nft at least has sustaining power 15 20 years from now i'm not so sure if we're still talking about crypto or nft but i can guarantee you that we will Cybersecurity will still be around and will be a thing, right? So that to me, you know, is is something where I just tell people, right? If you if you have a natural curiosity, if you love learning, if you love fast paced, like this this isn't organic chemistry. This is some real fun stuff. <laughs> mm,
1: definitely. I mean, you're definitely pitching it that way. I mean, when you talk about fast paced, do you see that do you see that the most of the roles have, have a bit a bit of a stressful environment? I know that these kind of things are very generalized statements, but I mean, would you find that for example, in your role at the at the Cyber Risk SC, would that would you consider that to be quite a highly strung and stressful environment in in its majority, or is it more in its like there periods of them downs? Of course, it always experiences stuff like that. But you know, if you're making a bit more of a generalization,
0: yeah, that's a good no. That's a fair question, Lachlan. And you know, it's no no secret. I mean, like burnout is rife in this industry, right? That's one of the reasons I left corporate. I, I burnt out. Right? I could feel my heart turning to stone, and thought about this for a long time, and. I, come to the conclusion that the reason why burnout is so rife in our industry isn't necessarily because of the stress of the work. I often say, and I truly believe this, that it's the lack of what I refer to as modern leadership in this field that's contributing to this burnout. Most leaders in this field, especially when we're working for internal cybersecurity teams, they're old school, You know, air quotes, traditional leaders, right? People who don't lead with kindness or empathy, people who run their people into the ground, people who or leaders who see their team as cogs in the machine and not as human beings it's those types of leaders and gatekeepers which are holding up back our industry and are contributing greatly to the burnout in in the field I mean, i think the and it's a not to totally generalize but it's generally that older wider male crowd uh, of older school leaders that are contributing to that again i know that's fairly broad spectrum there but for the most part at least i've I've experienced that as, as well you know it's we need, we need to keep evolving our field. And I, the, the, main, the thing that's really holding us back is the lack of leadership in, in this field, right? We need that infusion injection, people who embrace modern leadership, empathetic leadership, people who are going to be able to inspire modern hybrid teams, whether they're in the office or working remotely, people who are leaders who see their teams composed, composed of, of as people and not as disposable assets. These are, these are the leaders of, of tomorrow. And I think as we see more of those leaders emerge, we're going to see the burnout issue get suitably addressed.
1: Mm, I mean, that, that segues perfectly into sort of my next sort of question. So first one is what is changing currently in your role in space in the next five 10 years? Do you think you'll be expanding, you'll be sort of getting more specialized? And then also, second part of that question is, do you think the leadership, that modern leadership that you're talking about, the evolution, do you think that's also coming into play in the next five 10 years?
0: yeah you know i mean in terms of where i see our, our our practice going with cyber sc you know we're 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 moving more and more i'd say more into the risk management function right we're getting more airtime with executives more airtime with boards boards of directors and we're we're seeing more opportunities where we can serve as an advisory group to or an external advisory group to a board of directors right who many board of directors don't have someone who understands cyber security on their board so Rather than finding someone on their board to understand that they'll bring in, a, you know, an external party like ours to advise the board. So I see us moving more and more into a risk management function, which I truly believe is where we should be positioned. Not, you know, dealing with the with with IT. I mean, it gets marginalized as a as a technical issue happens. So that's where I see us progressing more and more in, in the next five to ten years in terms of that leadership piece. I would say that that's where we're seeing more of that as well. Right, more, we're seeing more and more. Of younger generations evolving and moving into modern leadership and they're being elevated into leadership positions. So I definitely see that happening as well over the next few years.
1: Okay. Okay. Interesting. I see. And in, in terms of in terms of the whole evolution of cybersecurity, do you think that the sort of risk management functions, especially within your particular business, will be more required for like more workers need to be required to be part of this, or will it become more technologically oriented where technology will take on a lot of those roles, or do you think there's going to be more people that are need to be um, hired and, and used as a matter of fact to address this growing like issue
0: yeah, that's a good question I think I think it's going to be a mixture of a bunch of those things Auckland I think there's going to, I mean there's a there's going to be that increasing need towards greater automation in the field there's still so much people power that's wasted on routine predictable tasks as we get automated security technology better and better you can see a lot of that being focused on that and that's freeing up people power to focus on more strategic initiatives right and more so line that up into risk management functions as well right so I think that it's gonna be that blend of technology right we're gonna see greater pushes around artificial intelligence as well help with some of the more mundane Wandering tasks as well, things that are predictable and more routine. Like I said, freeing up that people power to focus on some more of the more strategic items that are needed to push the industry forward. I was
1: sort of thinking back about sort of you helping out small and medium-sized businesses and I was thinking to myself, so most of the time, including myself, sometimes I, again, I have fallen into the trap of thinking about a bit of the Hollywood, you know, big business needing, you know, the cybersecurity stuff and, you know, everyone else why do small and medium-sized businesses need would need cyber risk management systems in place? And that might help at least some of our viewers who may not even be thinking about why cybersecurity is important to sort of give them a bit of a revelation of why that is actually very important.
0: Yeah, for sure, Lachlan. You know, and if we were having this conversation 10 years ago, I'd say, you know what, most small businesses don't need to worry about it. But what we've seen over the past 10 years is that we've seen the increase of the professionalization of cybercrime. Right? It's gone from being a crime, which is focused mainly on, you know, fortune 500 or very large or enterprise organizations to basically everyone is a target, right? The other day we dealt with a a, sol- a single person organization company that got hit by ransomware and, you know, they, they now become a client of ours, right? So our smallest client is a one person organization, right? Every company right, uh, needs to invest in cybersecurity in, in some shape or form, you know, and I was jokingly say that Unless you're selling tacos at the back of a Volvo and all cash deals, your company is a tech company, right? That's just the age that we live in, right? And as such comes comes cyber risk, right? So as we've seen more and more companies come online, especially during the pandemic, that like I said, coupled with the rise of the professionalization of cyber crime, that's why every organization ne- needs needs to invest in it.
1: And you'd only see this reliance on cyber and risk management only increasing as more businesses use technology to to manage
0: their functions? I would say so. You know, I mean, it, it's, we're, we're, especially with smaller organizations, right, they don't have the resources to hire an in-house security team, right? And that's where I, I see us still coupling greatly with small and mid-sized organizations. You know, the, the, the security field being what it is, there's so many un- unfilled jobs. There's more jobs going around than there are people to, to fill those opportunities. So small organizations, even if they were able to attract top talent, would not be able to pay them, right? So I see sort of the, small organizations or organizations like CyberSC being able to provide security services to the small midsize, small, mid-sized business community for for years to come.
1: That's really great. I mean, to sort of wrap it up in a sort of a nice, <laughs> a nice way, Um, can you give me three tips or skills that you could recommend to our viewers that would enable them to have a, an upper hand in coming out of whether they're studying or just while they're entering in the cyber security field, what kind of three skills would you either recommend them practicing on or enhancing as, as they get older and more experienced in, in the cybersecurity realm?
0: Yeah, great question. One my, honestly, I'm, you, you left my favorite question for last, Lachlan, so job well done there. For me, it, it comes down to this. First one is learning how to network. I'm not talking about networking from a, a technology perspective, but learning how to network with, with, with people leveraging platforms like LinkedIn, going to local security association meetings, right? The more you invest in networking and building relationships, the farther your career will go. It's something that I only started investing in relationships probably halfway into my career, at least given where I am right now. And I wish I had started that sooner. That is one of the number one skills to learn and to hone very early on. You will progress. If you really want to accelerate your career, invest in relationship building and learning that skill. So that would be number one. Number two would be really refine your communication skills, not just your written skills, but your ability to communicate and your ability to communicate, recognizing who your audience is. How you communicate to a technical person should be different than how you communicate to a non-technical person. Security people who enter this field, if they're able to adjust their messaging on the fly based on the audience, be able to communicate risk and business to an executive, but communicate more technical items to an IT or security person, those are sought after people, right? The technical stuff, not to again, to belittle it, but I mean, it's just one part. The most sought-off individuals are those who understand technology but are damn good at communicating it to technical and non-technical people. So that would be number two. And number three would be don't stay, don't sit still, right? Especially in a field like this, and again, not to grapple over organic chemistry, but feels like organic chemistry, they've been unchanged for 200 years, right? We've known that stuff for a long time. So this field changes day, day. Today, hell, even just in the time you and I have been talking, I'm sure there's some new cyber threat that I need to research and better understand, right? So it, it evolves. So you need to stay current. Always, always keep that hunger. Learn, 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 unlearn, learn again, right? There are things which were seen as best practice when I entered field, the field, like password rotation, right? Now, password rotation is just a, it's a damn, of, it's a waste of damn time, right? So it's understanding that you need to keep learning, right? So those would be my, my three tips for anyone entering the field.
1: Lovely you have been an absolute pleasure to be interviewing and have provided such a wealth of information which i will i will be definitely taking on board as well as the audience i'm sure dominic thank you so much for coming on especially all the way in canada where it's night time for you and know it's probably beyond sort of working hours so again really appreciate you coming on to speak with us today
0: lachlan i'm tr- truly humbled my friend i appreciate you having me on your show and thank you for your friendship thank you again This has been another KBI Media production.